Alrighty, hey guys. Uh, I'm joining Ag Watchers. Uh, my name is Brad Hogg, and uh, I'm with a couple of blokes, one from Canberra and one from Ballarat. Let's get to know those guys. Andrew, I can see you on screen first. Uh, where, where, where are you about, mate? Canberra. Unfortunately, Canberra. Beautiful, beautiful roasting 14-degree day, and, uh, yep. and Matt's in Ballarat, and it's probably the same. It's way too uh, hot, way too hot for uh, my sensitivities at the moment. It's not in so, the summer yet. Yeah, well, you're down there in Ballarat, uh, Matt. It's been pretty dry over there. How are the farmers looking there um, with harvest? Oh, yeah, look, there are some that are starting now. Ballarat actually, is, like the western districts have been not too bad. It's eastern Victoria that have been copping the dry weather. Um, we're still, we've got patches of green still, but it won't take long for our, we, we'll start to dry out pretty quick now. The heat's, heat's starting to, to march in. We're going to, you know, it won't take long for us to dry so, out. So we, before we start, there is one announcement we have to make. Mm. Is that Matt is Matt is leaving the podcast? This is his last <laughs> podcast. Rightio, this is new. So it's just, anyway, uh, this it's is just going to be one now. Yeah. So, so uh, Matt's got the job as the Australians' next cricket captain. Right. Okay. Where is this? I don't. What's the punchline, Andrew? There must be a punchline well, here. Somewhere. I don't know. I don't know why you think there's a punchline, but wow. he, he's been ball tampering for years and never oh, been caught. Okay, right. Yeah, there you go. Tell you what, <laughs> you're Paddy McGroin there, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think there's been a don't think there's been a cricket player with my physique since the old days of David Boone. I think, um, Andrew. So David you know, Boone's I, the one. I that... tell you what, Maddie, you look yeah. like Mike Gatting from England. You look like oh, an really? English cricketer. Do yeah. I? Yeah, yep, same, same. You look as though you, 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 you just got that little uh, little round thing over overhanging the pads and just playing, yep. playing in front of your padders. Shame too many, just disturbs the off stump from outside leg. <laughs> too many, too many, one too many pints of carling. You reckon in the? Yeah, no, 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 no. You look, you look like fit, but you know how you're talking about David Boone uh, and Mike Gadding. Um, and you even look at Aaron Finch, sorry, Finchy, but uh, you, you, you look at those bigger type of guys, they were some of the fittest guys in the team. David Boone was one of the fittest cricketers going through that time. Uh, and Aaron Finch was the quickest over four metres in the Australian cricket team. Is that so, when they open the bar? When they open the bar, they just <laughs> <laughs> that could have been right. No, but he he was uh, he was very very good. Uh, Aaron Finch over four meters, and David Boone uh, he had a motor on him. So yeah, don't don't ever uh, don't discount be... don't discount it. You reckon? Huh? Yeah, don't because um, I, was, I was with the fat farmers the other day uh, over in South Australia, and mm-hmm. they they do a great job. Um, where, you know, they go to the gym uh, a couple of times a week. Farmers then have mm. a barbecue afterwards. And a couple of them were a little bit worried about their, their size. But at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter as long as you've got uh, good fitness levels behind you. Your body's going to adjust. A lot yeah. of farmers have that natural fitness. Yeah. Like especially yeah. strength-wise. There's nothing strong oh, about definitely. a farmer. So, so, so we've, Brad, de- we've, Brad, de- we've, de- we've deviated from our initial first because Andrew with his silly joke telling. I've got, um, I've got a half dozen more, so no, uh, I'll, I'll introduce them throughout the uh, the podcast. Um, I'll tell you what, Matt. I'd love to play under Matt. I'd love to play under Matt. Be, be a uh, good captain. Yeah, no, there'd be a lot of a uh, lot of entertainment. I think not so much not so much results, but it'd be good fun. You think outside the box, don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You do something different. Mm. Sometimes. Yeah. 
so, guys, we're a about big to, surprise we're about out to, there. We're about to. We're going to do something outside the box right now, aren't we, Andrew? With our so, word so, association, isn't it? So we've got the six sense. So yeah. Brad, we're going to throw a word at you or a, a sentence, and you just give yeah. us the first thing that comes to mind. And, this could be uh, left field, really. This is this is embarrassing. The thing I like about this is this, this shows your vulnerability. <laughs> well, this is, this, this is a psychological test, and <laughs> uh, and this is part of the discussions around mental health is, is psychology. And, and we developed this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it may or may not be uh, approved by the AMA, but we'll go ahead. So, <laughs> Matt, you go first. Yeah, there's six. There'll be six of them. So this, that's the sixth sense. I'll start off with. Um, we, we might have already mentioned. I might start with David Boone. Yep. What's the first thing that comes to mind? David Boone. Um. Uh, I was going to say scary, scared. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story about David Boone. And um, so we used to watch the ABC down on the farm, uh, just the highlights. So you get home from sport on a on a Sunday night, whether it's cricket or football. But uh, this is this was during the summer, so it would have been cricket. And uh, uh, on the ABC, David Boone was making runs left, right, and centre. I said, "Dad, he's got to be playing Test cricket soon." And eventually, he did, and he was opening with my hero Jeff Marsh uh, for a long period of time. But then I got to play with him uh, against him down out Tasmania. And I'm fielding out short mid-wicket. Tom Moody, our uh, tall all-rounder and captain, was bowling. Gets an outside edge through the keeper. We appeal. And the local umpire gives it not out because it's the great David Boone. So uh, I'm sitting there <laughs> out short mid-wicket looking at David Boone as he waddles out the square leg just to take a breather. And I'm just staring at him in awe. And my eyes aren't blinking. My mouth's open. You know, when you're, when you're just stunned. And uh, I, I was just looking at him. I'm going, this is amazing. I'm here with my hero, uh, one of my heroes. He was sleeping in the same room. He was opening the batting with my hero, Jeff Marsh, from uh, my local club down in, in Williams. And uh, he just looks at me, what are you looking at? And I go, uh, I don't know. And anyway, he goes down, has a little tap out the bat. And he looks back at me as Tom Moody's coming. What did you say? I said, I don't know. And then he's out LBW next ball as he's waddling off. He's one of my we, – we've gone very – that was the longest response to the Sixth Sense since Bob Catter. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, don't put me in the same category as Bob Catter. <laughs> Bobby Catter, of, you beauty. He's, David Boo's <laughs> one of my heroes as well, but not because of his cricket exploits, because of his, something else he was famous for. We might get into that a bit later. Uh, uh, um, that would be a good one. I know what you're talking about. That's the trip to England, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it that's Are we going to get it. through the six questions? We will. No, we're we're, we're, we're going right. to. We're going to. Dep- depends how quickly you answer. Uh, Is this a sporty or are we talking agriculture? Well, we, we might mix them up. We're, we're, uh, we don't know yet. We'll have to we're, only, we're, only, we're only one down. Yep, Men- right it's going to be long. Mental health and agriculture in rural areas. What's the first thought? Loneliness. Yeah. What about black pudding? What was that? Black pudding. Custard. Did you say custard? Yep. Okay, radio. Black pudding. Custard. Yeah. Okay, yeah. radio. Okay. Nana's, Nana's black pudding with custard. Is it? Really? Jeez, I've never had that one before. Okay, right. right I love my custard. I'll have it with yeah. anything. The feeling of winning your first medal. Relief. Worst 
sport in the world? Yeah, I can ask that one. Worst sport in the world. Um, worst sport in the world. Worst sport in the world. That's a that's a very hard question for me. For, for someone that's so sporting, I know that that's it's tricky, isn't it? Because you're all good, are they? I'd I'd love to have a cricket crack at anything. Um, worst sport of all have to be soccer. Oh no, you can't say that. No, well they keep gosh. falling over. <laughs> depends on <laughs> depends on your depends who you're watching. Like you you get a really good soccer game, but you can get some terrible ones. Oh dear! Right yeah. on. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of soccer players would say cricket. So yeah, yeah bad luck, yeah. soccer players. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, a, it's a good sport to play, but very hard to watch. The best sport. Yep, yep. The yep. best sport that yep. isn't cricket or <laughs> AFL. Uh, I tell you what, I'm really enjoying at the moment: lawn bowls. But that's two words. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. Lawn do you want? Do you want, to, do you want to know something about lawn bowls? Yeah, yep. I know. I know. Uh, Obviously, in the presence of sport and royalty here, Thank but I, yeah, well, now now you're found out it's actually me. I've yep. got a I've got a a lawn bowls trophy back home in Scotland. What I do? Eighth place. What was? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a thing. Eighth place out of fifty. I'll have you know out of fifty. What was this like that, when you were a, a, I was a seven. I was seven. Oh, Consolation prize it was. Consolation Scottish, prize. Scottish Championships, lawn bowls. Then I just gave up. I was like, I've achieved the peak. I've got eighth place. Don't need to go any further. God. Right, yeah. So we, we, we started <laughs> off. We, we might come back to Booney in a minute because I would, wouldn't mind chatting to that, to that um, record that he supposedly held because um, that must be – uh, legendary off-field cricket behaviour, um, but we'll go to that shortly. Yeah. I, I want to touch on that mental health stuff because Andrew Andrew mentioned that one in his, and you you said loneliness was something that came to mind straight away when you think about regional rural. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit around that kind of what's the you know what's the kind of issue around that loneliness aspect and how why is that so important for you know the level of people's mental health and how they're feeling. Yeah, I, I, I just remember being down on the farm. Uh, I was travelling up and down till I was about, or just before my 23rd birthday. Uh, sorry, about six months before my 23rd birthday. Uh, Mum and Dad sat me down and said, instead of travelling up from the farm and trying to pursue it and working on the farm, what about go up there and live and really give it a good crack? So uh, that was about six months before I got my first opportunity at state, state cricket. But uh, during the winter there, uh, down there playing football and, and uh, going through cropping season, you know, uh, shearing and, and so forth, um, it's, it's probably more on a, on a relationship front, trying to find that, uh, that perfect girl that's going to live with you on the farm. I think that's one of the hardest decisions that you've ever got, uh, got to make. But even here uh, with, with what I've done now, you, you've, you've got to find that woman that's supportive. You've got to find that woman that's uh, uh, going to uh, help you with your dreams and, and make sure uh, you're, you're able to deliver the best that you can possibly deliver on, on that particular moment. Um, so that that's the hardest thing is is just getting that company on the field, and I I, I remember that a couple of times uh, through that particular period. Um, 
you know, am I rushing with this particular relationship? Uh, is it because I'm lonely, or is it because I'm desperate? Uh, in in a sense, so that's where I'm that's where I'm coming from from, from the loneliness uh, okay. point of view because it's very uh, very difficult to get that that uh, perfect relationship out in, out in the sticks. And I think job, I think the, sorry, I think as well is that like if you look, you've you've, you've come from Williams, so it's a rural yep. area. Yeah, I, I came from rural Scotland, so similar sort of background. Uh, yep, just, yep. just, just a little bit smaller uh, and yep. a bit wetter, but you do. There is an element of loneliness, not just within that sort of personal relationships, but people are so far away from each other in Australia. Yeah. You know, you've yeah, got, a, yeah. and and you can be going through a drought, and we're going through droughts in in large parts of Australia again. Yeah. And sometimes you don't have anyone to talk to, and so you just mm-hmm. feel it's just your problem. I think it's a yep. problem. So you're just constantly, you know, you're in your own head and you're thinking, I'm the only one feeling this. Whereas I think yep. that's an issue in rural Australia because everyone's probably feeling the same thing. And mm-hmm. and that's where you guys are doing a bit. You've you've been doing quite a lot in mental health over the last couple of years with Lifeline and a bit with uh, Colin at uh, Green Producers Australia. What, yep. What, yep. What's the background to that then? Uh, the background is it, uh, before we get to that, Andrew. Yep. Um, you, you brought up a good point there because you, you, you're sitting there, you, you, you're mentally going over things while you're sitting on the farm by yourself, and you, you've got all those worries. But if you go into town and, and play sport, I remember playing footy, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, after the game, you, you have one drink, you have two drinks, and uh, you know, I, I was push, pushing the border of becoming um, an alcoholic there, in, in a in a sense, because all of a sudden you've got, you've got that company where you're talking, and so, and sometimes you get overexcited. And uh, you know, uh, when I came out of the city, I was the first person to training and, and first person to the game, but last person to leave most of the time, simply because I'm, I was I was in that pattern of not leaving till last drinks because yeah. you you wanted to keep that uh, keep that company and that's the other thing with the loneliness out in the bush um, you know you, you, you've got to be very careful not only looking after your mental health but also your physical health mm. um, so you know how, how do you stop that and I, I'll look back at, I'll look back in those particular scenarios and, and um, you know it, 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 there's some moments where I think gee it would have been dangerous down there if, if, if I didn't get that right partner for a start um, mm. because then all of a sudden you're a single lad and you're looking for that company out there after the, uh, after a Sunday night on football uh, of a game of football yeah. so uh, those, those are the issues and I can I can completely understand them uh, out in the bush but now we've got smaller towns as well mm. that don't have a football team which which even makes it more dangerous because what are you going to do during the weekend? Um, you might go skiing if there's a lake around there if you're lucky. If you don't have that, well, um, you know, if the pub pub's you, the only option that you, you think it is, well Or you just or you just continue that, to work and work and work. And I think that's yeah, a problem yeah. as well with, with farmers is just working way too many hours and not actually enjoying the fruits of the labour at times. Exactly right, and uh, even even with what you guys do, um, even with what I do, uh, you know, uh, you, you can get caught up in that. But um, going back to the question, uh, that how I got involved in it is, I wrote a book. Um, I can see uh, on your on your shelf there, um, the, the yellow one. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's called the wrong one. I thought it was the whole hog. The whole hog. <laughs> no, it was called the wrong one. Um, so basically. Uh, how I wanted uh, that to come across, it was Greg Rowden who wrote it, and um, Greg interviewed me a couple of times. He came over, and what we did, we we got some uh, people from each 
period of my life uh, okay. while I was growing up to have a bit of input. And someone, uh, some, there, was a, there was a group around my backyard here. There was about 20, 30 people that were uh, getting interviewed by Greg. And they said, well, you know, what, what do you want us to say? And I said, well, if I was an idiot, or, um, say it. You know, just because it's it's a matter of growth and and so forth. So just just we don't say anything that incriminates me. <laughs> no, no. If they, if, well, if they wanted to do that, they wanted to do that. I, I wanted everything out there um, because it was therapeutic for me. One of the mates, one of the mates said, and I said I wouldn't swear on this podcast, but this was yeah, this was close to it. <laughs> so one of my mates, yeah, one of my mates uh, said, Greg. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to write such a big book. It only needs to be a two-page book. Uh, the first page, Poggy doesn't mean to be a dickhead. The second page, he just is. Uh, and I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was just perfect because, um, yeah, I was, I was known a bit of a as a bit of a prankster, but um, uh, I might have a bit of fun. But um, sometimes, you know, I didn't think before I spoke. So that's where that uh, comment came from. But um, with as the as the book uh, got published, it went out there. I was worried about two stories: one story involving uh, Tom Moody, and another story involving Matthew Hayden. Um, but the, the 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 premise of those two particular stories was I was having a hard time with a relationship with those particular two, but out the back end of the chapter it would be you know it was my fault I I, I didn't uh, put things in context I didn't I didn't read the play and uh, the the message I'm trying to get out there is some people just uh, their relationships are affected because they don't understand the context or they don't uh, they don't read the play of of where the other person is. But then it comes to the back end of the book, and I didn't really uh, think too much of it. I, you know, I just put it out there. It was uh, how I felt. But um, uh, the chapter caused a headline in the paper here in um, WA. Uh, Hog had thoughts of suicide, and um, I, I didn't. I don't read too much of the paper, but I was starting to get phone calls from the uh, mates, uh, family. You know, what's all this about? They had no idea about it because I covered it um, so well. So every time I went out, I was that jovial person. Everyone knew that... Uh, That's you know, what I was going to say. Last you, elite. It's a bit uh, like that sort of Aussie larrikin sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's very hard to tell. And um, so that, that that's where all this lifeline uh, lifeline stuff uh, came about. So they rang me up and said, oh, look, you, you know, we heard you uh, went through a bit of trouble. I had no idea about lifeline. Uh, I had no idea about all, all the help that was out there. I just thought it was uh, just normal that you know people go through these particular scenarios. From, and from that from, from that context too, because you, you think back, I think you and I might be close to age. I think you were seventies baby. Is that right? Yeah, I'm seventy one. Drop. Yep. 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 Well, I'm seventy two. So there you go. You look you look a yeah. bloody lot younger than me though. Um, oh, I don't know about that, mate. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think he actually um, look, I think he looks younger than me as well. And I'm, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. eighty five. But, yeah, well, that's just, because you, that's because you got a beard there, eh? Yeah, yeah. Adam but Scottish. Just, but yeah, so he's nearly he's nearly he's he's, he's well and truly over over the hill in, in relative terms. Um, but yeah, just going back, look from a, that generational thing too. That the growing up when you and I grew up, um, you didn't talk about it, right? Whereas that I noticed in the last, you know, this the, the kind of nowadays generation, the younger kids now, it seems to be. A, it's spoken about a lot more freely, and there's not as much of a um, of a kind of stigma attached, right? And and so yeah. that's yeah, that, that's a good thing, though, right? That that um, that there is one. There's 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 more and more facilities for people to to, to talk to, but also that people are much more open and 
and able to share uh, their different experiences so that so that people do realize that you know you're not going through these things alone right that's important isn't it that um that that message gets out there yeah definitely I, I, uh, I, I, we've definitely broken the barriers so that, that's a great thing um, and going around sharing stories uh, my story and then hearing so many others is it, just fantastic that people open up um, there's a guy over here tiny tiny Holly He's an auctioneer that worked with elders, um, and he's through the Lifeline program as well. And uh, you know, he tells a fantastic story. Uh, but it, you know, we, we we're both sitting down the other day, uh, two weeks ago. We're just uh, well, we're just up in Broome, I think it was. And uh, you know, that, that's the best thing about sharing your story is hearing those other stories mm. uh, and hearing people come out, and then trying to uh, help them sort of get the direction of where they can get assistance from. Um, and I, I think. The biggest thing is, uh, you know, you, you think it's a one-stop shop where you get that help and it's going to fix all your problems. Well, it's not uh, because you, uh, life's there to challenge you. You're going to have your ups and downs. Um, where, where my issues happen is when I lose focus of the strategies that I've got to help get me out of those situations before they get too deep. Uh, and I'm getting better at it, um, but I'm not perfect at it, and no one's going to be perfect at it. Mm. And it go, goes back to what uh, we are talking about with uh, you, Andrew, earlier, is that loneliness uh, out in the bush and things just creep, creeping in, creeping in, creeping in. That alone time uh, digs you down, and you, you, you get the blinkers on and you lose focus of the strategies that you, you – that, are successful for you to get out of it because um, you haven't got anyone else there to rub shoulders with to just go, hey, what about that little strategy you had um, a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago when you when you got out? What about revisiting that? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know. There's, there's, I, a group, think... there's a group in uh, another Brad, uh, Brad Milstead in mm, yeah. West Australia. Oh, six Bs, yeah. Six Bs. Um, mm. And Brad's, Brad's a great fella. I've known him. Yeah. I used to live in Western Australia, so I knew him from back then. And they're doing a lot yep. of work that I think is really good about that sort of just getting people just to not be macho, I guess, and just yeah, yeah. just sort of be open about that type of thing. And I think that's important because, like, like I'm technically a millennial, so obviously yep. I'm, pr I'm pretty open with my emotions and, and whatnot, uh, unlike Sometimes you, too you open. boomers. Sometimes he's uh, too open, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it is, I think, it's just that ability to talk and the ability to sort of just be open with, with your feelings, which I think men are just terrible with feelings. Like, they generally don't talk about their feelings unless they're forced to. And even then, they're feeling like, I'm all right. I yeah, yeah. Yep. be right. I, I've got a question to ask you, actually, and this is a, a sporting question, actually, technically a sporting question. Yep. You were obviously <clears throat> in sports, uh, in cricket, um, at the top levels of, of the sport for, for a long time. And funnily enough, when I was researching, I came across an article uh, called Brad Hawk, Brad Hogg, 11 jaw dropping facts that puts Brad Hogg's longevity in proper perspective. You shouldn't read this one because it basically just talks about how old you are. It goes, no, that's it, right. I don't care. You got to grab it. It goes for everything. It's uh, about how uh, the stock market debuted two days after you were born. The NASDAQ composite. <laughs> Uh, really? Walt Disney opened in Orlando eight months after you were born. So it's a pretty, <laughs> it goes through a whole bunch of facts about all the things that were 
not around before you were born. So anyway, that's, that's of a side note. But you had a long career. Someone, someone's pretty bored. <laughs> um, long career. So you're obviously at an elite level of sports, much like I was in lawn bowls for a long time. Um, but I was listening to uh, an interview the other day with a guy called Alexander Volkanovsky, who's mixed martial artist, same as you, elite level. He lost a fight. But then when he was talking afterwards, this guy's made millions of millions of dollars. But what he said was quite interesting. And I think it relates back to, back to you, but also to farmers. He said he couldn't not fight. Even with all the money in the world, when he wasn't training for a fight, he went to a dark place. When he was training and he was preparing for something and he had something to put his eyes on and he had somebody to compete against, he felt happy. He was smiling and, and whatever else. Do you ever did you feel that like coming from being that elite level and then moving away from the sport? Did you feel a bit of emptiness or oh yeah, it? yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, the first time I retired, uh, I was trying to save a marriage. And I, I was in the test team, and I could have gone to England and played in the Ashes series. Um, that, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I couldn't watch cricket. I, I could not watch cricket for two years. Yeah. It was um, – so I got divorced then, uh, uh, met my wife, or my, uh, my second wife, um, Cheryl, and she's the one who made me go back to cricket. But she uh, came around one night and she found some videos uh, of highlights. I've, I don't watch highlights. I didn't know that the videos were there. And she said, oh, let's watch them. I said, no, I don't I don't want to watch them. Just, and she tried to put them on. And uh, I, I, I walked out of the room. I, I just I did not want to see them. Um, yeah, it, it kills you because you, you know, I, I've I've had that dream since I was born. You know, I had a bat and ball in my hand um, from what my grandparents uh, were telling so, me. Sort of that. Yeah, yeah, and you 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 just want to you just want to do it, and it's even things in life now. Um, you, you, I've got that competitive streak in me, and I, I just need to find something that's that's competitive um, to to keep me to keep me insane. Uh, it, it, when I say competitive, it doesn't mean that I've got to beat other people. What it means is that I'm being challenged. Um, I'd rather lose lose a close game of any sport that I play than so. Let's say we're playing cricket. I'd rather win by uh, a couple of wickets where it's right to the wire than to win a game where it's over by tea time. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, uh, you know because I, I just like that thrill. I like I like my emotions to be tested. You might uh, be. On the edge. I love, yeah, I love the fact that sometimes I lose it out on the field. Um, I lose control, and then you go back and assess yourself, and you go, oh, "Jesus, you're an idiot. Um, why'd you do that?" And then the next game, how do you rectify that when you're in that same same uh, same position? Um, so I, I just love those ebbs and swings of of and, and uh, what it does for you. Uh, and it's on, kind of on a similar for perspective, and it's possibly yeah. similar for farmers as well. Yeah, in that you've got. I'm thinking more about when it comes to drought. You suddenly yeah. you've got different emotions running through you because a big part of what you do is taken away during a drought. Mm. A big part of your potential of your farm, and that's it's not just a farm; it's a lifestyle as well. And so I wonder yeah. if that's the yeah. same sort of thing. 
Yeah, so you're, and you're left with a lot of empty time to mull over and ponder, and sometimes that's not the best scenario to be in if you've not got the support networks around. Was it, Brad? Is it? I've always been curious about people that have been at that top level. Like Matt, when you, Matt, if you want to ask about people who are at top level, yeah, I want to show you another. Yeah. I want to show you yeah. another medal. Yeah, yeah. no, it's not, it's not about you, Andrew. It's my um, my gold medal for wrestling. Greco-Roman wrestling, which was mm. only three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew Andrew starts to find all these obscure sports that he can compete in because well, you know he can't. If no one else is playing them, it makes it much <laughs> yeah. easier to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> those, but just those five year olds didn't know what they had coming against no, them. No, that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Um, you entered in on your mental age, not on your physical age. Um, Brad, when you when you've been at that top level, it, it, like you obviously still want to continue playing the sport you love at a, at a more kind of you know. Um, kind of community level or whatever is it hard to is it hard to kind of adjust back when you when you do decide to retire from top level say cricket like are you, do you still play now in the local or you know do you play for teams currently or did, when you were dropping back from the international and, and top level game did you just give it all up or how do you how do you make that adjustment when you've been you know one of the best in the world uh when i played my last game for the renegades i think it was uh, that, that so that was uh, the Big Bash, I finished off the season with uh, the club there. Um, yeah, my, my knee was pushing the boundaries at that particular stage and I didn't want to have an operation. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the challenges there, um, batting batting down the order, uh, but also trying to help the youngsters coming through. So, you know, it was, it was a different type of comp- uh, competition. So you're trying, to, you're trying to bring the other players in and, Whereas when you're at the top level, you've got a role to play, and you've, you've got to make sure that uh, yeah, you know you, you you control your controllables and, and do the best you can. Whereas when you go back down to the lower levels, you're you're making sure you, you're trying to um, give those younger kids an, an opportunity. And if if they go under pressure and they can't quite get there, then hopefully you can take over and put yourself under that extra pressure in those in those particular moments, which improve your skills for um, for the higher level. Um, but then give them another opportunity next go uh, or next game when they get in that situation to see if they've learned and uh, to see if they can uh, cope with those situations. The only way that you can cope with situations is is having those life experiences, and I think that's the important thing with players coming back uh, and playing those lower grades, helping the next generation go through the the, the mental phase, uh, fence phases of the sport. Because um, if they've got the skill, it's just uh, the mental side of it. Just believing in yourself when the pressure's really on, and and what makes you tick in those particular moments, and not going away from it. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I'll sort of go diverge a bit. It, it's it's about knowing yourself. So, uh, when when I was playing higher level, if I was walking to the umpire when I was asked to bowl you knew that I was in trouble. You knew that I was overthinking it. But if I was jogging in or sprinting to the umpire, you knew that I was confident, knew that uh, I was, I was um, raring to go. So when I was in those moments of self-doubt, all of a sudden I worked out that, um, and this is Phil Johnson, the psychologist we had as well. He did a bit of a personality profile on us. But it was, um, right, if you're feeling self-doubt, you've got to act confidently. Um, and I started just running to the umpire, handing the cap, and all of a sudden, uh, after the first two, two balls, I'm away. Whereas if I kept walking in there, uh, you might as well send me home. So it's it's about knowing yourself um, 
Yeah, but it's it, again, it goes back to that point. If you, if you're not in that competition, it, it's it's really hard. But as you as you're coming down the grades, if you, if you do it the right way and realise the position that you're in at that particular stage, um, you you can still challenge yourself in different ways. And, and uh, for me, it was about challenging myself as a leader uh, rather than um, the front line player when I was when I was going back to the other ranks with my my club team. Yeah, I'll give, that's I'll, a good question, man. We don't often give a plug for, for things on the podcast, but uh, I know that Grain Producers Australia have got a competition to win a holiday, to have a break away yep. from the farm, yep. uh, which I think is important as well, because that is one of the things that I always find fascinating about Australian farmers. Australians on general, if you look at the average population, take a lot of holidays, way too many holidays, people in the city. But a lot of farmers don't take holidays. And I think that's pretty good that grain producers are, you know, at least doing something to sort of promote people taking a break from the farm, which I think is a, so if you want to apply, I'll be applying because I'm technically still a farmer, um, but you can have a, a holiday. New Caledonia, I recommend, Matt. Are you, are you, are you farming some things in Canberra now that the laws have changed, Andrew? Is that, is that the <laughs> farm you're referring to? Why do you think I'm so <laughs> mellow and chilled out now? I used, I used to be the angry ice hockey player. Now I'm just, uh, you know, mellow, you know, wrestler. What haven't you done, Andrew? That's the yeah, question. I, it's, it's all these obscure sports. Have you seen there's a pattern here? Ice hockey, Greco-Roman yeah. wrestling. Uh, what was it? Curling or something? Curling, curling is a brilliant sport. We need is to, it? It's, uh, it's, I did a lot of ice sports because my town didn't have an ice rink. It didn't have a swimming pool, uh, but it had sort of two ice rinks within the close vicinity and it was only the population of northern or less so, <laughs> so i can i can't swim but i can skate really fast um so anyway gun yeah no well skating very fast and a lot of ice hockey players get a get a bit of a break through the grain but that, that, that's one thing that the, the country method or, or farming method I, I find it hard to take a break uh, if mm. i'm away for more than a couple of days I feel as though I'm not achieving anything. And while playing cricket and uh, travelling around the world, there'll be times I'd be in my room and I'd be just I'd be embarrassed in a sense because I knew that the old man would be working on the farm back home, slaving yeah. away. Uh, my mum would be uh, teaching. Uh, she, she she taught to her. she was in uh, in her early sixties, um, and I just grew up around people that just worked. It worked and worked and worked, and uh, very rarely did you see them take a break off, uh, take a break away from it. Um, I still remember we'd go on holidays to the beach, and we'd be away for three days, and Dad would just leave and go and feed the sheep for the day, then come back that night. You know, he couldn't yeah. leave the farm, but at it's, least he had a bit of a break on either side of it, which was which was good and refreshing. It, it's really interesting because there's there's two types of breaks here: yeah? <clears throat> the physical break here, yeah? they yep. get away, go to the beach you know, do some fishing, have a beer, whatever else. But then there's a sort of, I think there's a new type of break for sports people as well now. Like you weren't really, you were at the tail end of when social media started to come around at your career. Yeah, I don't, I don't like social media. But what would, I can't imagine like, you know, what it'd be like being like a, you know, a high profile person nowadays, especially in sports. So the amount of criticism you get as soon as you make one mistake or whatever. But I think for sports people, having that digital break as well is probably pretty important because there must be a hell of a lot of pressure on these young up-and-comers. 
Yeah, I definitely. I'd, I'd, I'd feel. Uh, I'd feel sorry for them. I, actually, when I first played, we didn't have contracts, uh, so <laughs> there was no contracts in there. Uh, we had the media uh, here in WA. We we had the reporters, um, the local uh, scribe, sitting in there having drinks with us after ce- celebrating a win. Um, <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd come on trips with us. Um, you know, it, we we had that close relationship. But as as things moved on, uh, you, you can't have those close relationships. Anything you do out, out in public, uh, it's a quick snap and away you go. And it makes you not want to go out, really. Uh, yeah. It sort of puts you in a bit of cocoon. Uh, cocoon. So I think um, um, it's a, it's probably not a bad thing for any. What you're saying about high-profile sports people, celebrities taking a break from social media, but I think it's probably good for I think it's anyone, good for everyone, any, anyone to take yeah. a break because and because it, it is it can be full of a lot of kind of crap. Look, but I think some look, of those you, you ones look that, at you look at your phone, yeah. Like we've been on the phone for forty minutes, yeah, and I'll have what two, talking two, now? two dozen notifications. Mm. from Twitter and Instagram and whatever else it means. But I think it's good on a weekend to just switch it off and mm. just well, not have it bleeping at you. And same I don't farmers. have notifications. I, I mm. turn my notifications off. But the yeah, thing yeah. is, what I, find with, what I find with social media and any news, it's a bit like watching days of our lives. Mm. You, can watch, you can watch a month of it, then not watch it for six months, come back and watch another week. And, and you've caught up. <laughs> you've caught up. Yeah. There's nothing much you've missed. Absolutely no. nothing much you've missed. Um, and I think, um, you know, that's, I, I think we get caught up where, especially with Facebook friends, I think it is that, you, you know, you think you can keep in touch with people by, oh, here you go, mate. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Did this, did this. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to know that. I want to know. I want to see you physically. Yeah. Um, even, even talking across the screen, although it's great. Uh, I'd, I'd love to have a relationship with you guys where we're actually in a studio together or, we, you know, we're sitting around a park or something where you, you've got that extra connection. Um, Unfortunately, our budget is about uh, $20 a year. Uh, so, <laughs> so so being in a park is probably the closest we can get because uh, <laughs> mo- mainly because that's where we're going to end up living. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah, but you get, you get my yeah, yeah, I get what you, you mean. Because yeah, so. I, I, I even, whilst I'm a millennial, um, yeah. I still don't like text messaging. Oh, I, I hate it. I prefer to pick up the phone and have a chat because I know the other person is not going to understand what I say anyway. Um, yeah. But the but I think it's much better communication than just this non-verbal communication and no body language and and that's why we don't like Matt and I don't do any. Uh, we do a lot of presentations on markets. Mm. Yeah. Tend to now avoid the ones that are online. Because it's just yeah. too hard because you, you're just talking to yourself for 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. To be able to read the room and then to be able to get around and mingle with people as well is, is also, yeah. I think, useful. And that's um, what we lost during COVID is mm-hmm. that ability to sort of network. And, no, I don't like the word network, but just catch up, which yeah, we did yeah. last week in Canberra at the Farmers National Farmers. Yeah, that was good. Um, we mentioned, I don't want to let the podcast go away before we do cover it, but I'm, I'm a bit reticent to bring up. Because I don't want to glorify the consumption of alcohol, of course, and get in trouble with with um, people like sober in the country that we that try and encourage people to, you know, consider how they're consuming alcohol and make sure they're not damaging themselves or their mental health by, you know, having too much. But we did mention um, David Boone and some of his other yep. off-field exploits. So I just want to double check that I've got my numbers right because he he did have was it one trip from Australia to the UK. 
where he held the record for the number of beer consumed and then walking off the plane unassisted. Was that is that was that what you had to be able to do to to um... I don't know whether it's unassisted. I think uh, Rod Marsh was um, close. I think <laughs> I think the story goes um, it's it's different airports, so you know there's there's an hour or half an hour uh, difference. So. I think Bernie had the extra half hour or extra time allotted. Um, yeah, look, I, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's it's great for folklore, but um, yeah, getting off. You, I don't think you'd be able to do it now and get off at the other end and, and get through customs. I don't think, I don't think you'd be able to do that. Um, but we we had an incident uh, with one of our players. Of, um, Trying don't, to have to don't have to mention any names, Brad. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, I, I can. He's well, an unnamed, an unnamed, uh, unnamed sports person. <laughs> he's not. He's not with us now. Um, so that, that that narrows it. Um, he had dreadlocks, uh, so that even narrows it more. <laughs> but I'll I'll see, mate. And um, <laughs> yeah, so you know, we, we had a bit of a plan to help him out to get across there. And uh, as we were walking on the plane, John Buchanan's cut it short very quickly. No, you're not doing that. And lucky he did because, you know, we're in that time where social media was just starting and, and media wanted to get on the back of Australian cricketers at that particular stage. If we put one foot wrong, well, uh, you know, you're not going to be on the back page. You're going to be on the front page. So uh, it was good that uh, John Buchanan did it. Uh, mm. We also had with the Perth Scorchers when we went over to South Africa. Um, and, and this is where, you know, if, if, if you don't think something's right uh, within your mates, you've, you've got to be willing to stand up. So we had a situation over there where we, um, we had two players. One of, them, uh, one of them was having a birthday. And uh, anyway, someone's taken a photo of these two particular players taking a drink out of a jug. Um, so they've got two straws, taking a drink out of a jug and put it on social media. And our media uh, of, uh, officer there, uh, great bloke, s- says to the particular person, the per- person was actually our skipper, I'm not going to mention any names, he goes, don't put that on social media. Take it off right now because one of, this play- one of these players has already been in trouble at the Centre of, Center of Excellence uh, and he didn't do it. And all of a sudden, we're, we're all over the media and uh, it's a basket case for the next week and a half. Um, simply because a person um, wasn't willing to do the right thing and other players weren't willing to stand up to the leader at that particular moment who was doing the wrong thing. Mm. So, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're a captain or uh, whether, whether you're the lowest rung player. You're still you're in a position where you're still a leader. You're you're still trying to grow the community. So if you th- if, if you think someone's in a bit of trouble in your community, uh, you know don't be shy to stand up and just put an armor in and say you know are things okay. Should we be doing that? Um, try and ask questions in the right way. And I I think that's one big lesson from uh, from you know th- those drinking episodes with the times that we're in now. You just can't afford to do it. You just can't afford to do it. And then you wake up the next morning. You you've got this. Um, You've got your harvest program going. Uh, you don't want to be sitting in a header for a whole day where you've got a hangover. Uh, it's the worst thing that you can possibly do. Mm. Yeah. I was just going to ask about because because we mentioned um, about some of the stuff you're doing for for Colin and, G, and GPSA um, 
in terms of you know the the um, the uh, uh, you know getting around getting around to different communities and and going through and talking about these kind of things in terms of bringing those um, uh, experiences you've had in your sporting career, but also in your personal life and that. Um, so what, what what's the role that you're doing now? You're kind of you're a bit of an ambassador, aren't you, for a few of those groups? Yeah, it's um, it's it's something where I'm sharing my story and trying to get other people to open up. But if they if they don't want to open up, just uh, you know, help helping them realise and uh, realise that there's help out there. So there, we've got rural aid there um, around Australia. Uh, you've got six B's with uh, Brad that you just brought up earlier. So he's B one, I'm B two. Uh, we keep in, in touch with each other. Uh, you've got the fat farmers idea over in South Australia, which they are absolutely uh, brilliant. Um, is that is that, uh, on the, is that on the Air Peninsula? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. That's on the Air Peninsula. Um, are you bog, mate? That's up. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah, up Mary, north. We've had Mary. Yeah, we've had Mary on the podcast much earlier. Yep, it was yep. uh, yeah, yeah, two years, years ago. ago now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I heard her speaking. Um, yeah, she she hit me behind the orb. I um behind the. Uh, Sorry, between the eyes, um, with with the way she went about it, she was absolutely brilliant. Um, are you right, mate? We've got that here in in uh, WA out in the rural areas. So there's and also Lifeline, who I'm associated with. Don't forget about New Farm as well, and uh, New Farmers and uh, Egg Juices. Uh, they've they've been supporting it as well. Um, so you know, it's. it's Hearing, hearing, hearing other stories. I, I think there was a big one uh, two years ago in Adelaide uh, on one of the peninsulas there, where um, yeah, we 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 really had a big win there, which which was great with with uh, one particular individual, and uh, hope hope he's got his life back on track now. Um, it's it's just you know when when you hear those stories, it's just fantastic to hear. But it's all, it's also just making people aware that you know you're in a community. And the only way that your community thrives is if everyone gets involved um, and mm. and catches up and, and uh, keeps in touch with each other. And we, we're talking about that earlier. Um, you know, make sure you're catching up at least once a week, if not if not once a week, once a fortnight, where you're physically in the presence of uh, other people, because that physical presence makes a huge difference. Just again, just to reiterate, just to say that you're not all. Battling alone, I guess, is the thing. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Like a lot of that, you know, depression and stuff does come from loneliness and the expectations that you're the only one doing it tough, whereas everyone tends mm-hmm. to be doing it tough at the same time. And in in that, you, so you're doing it for a couple of years, going around doing a lot of conferences, a lot of field days. What what have you learned from it? I guess I know you've taught a lot of people and and gave a lot of insights, but what have you gained from it? What I do, well, the, the one thing I'm learning is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's a lot more prevalent than what I think it think it is. I'm I'm learning every day, even with the discussions that we've we've had here today. Um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of challenges out there. But for, for me, hearing all these stories now, uh, it's it's about having the physical checkup while you're there as well. So it's not just going out there talking, but but uh, get get the people out there that are doing the physical checkup because um, if someone else is talking about it, another bloke gets up there and does a physical check. Then all of a sudden, everyone else is going to get in line. Uh, so we, you know, we, we'll keep it in the livestock here. Uh, 
you know, sometimes we're a bit of a sheep in this this yeah. uh, this space. Um, we we follow the leader uh, type scenario. It's a very strong person to get up there and, and start it from the front. So for me, it's about doing the physical check, but also um, that, that follows up with the, the, the mental health check as well. So get the nurses around there to to do those things. Uh, that that's one particular thing. But also. Um, just making sure that we have those strategies to help uh, help the people, um, help people that are, are going through those tough scenarios. Right, what, what's your strategy going to be? Um, how are we going to go about producing that strategy just for you? My, my strategy is not going to work for both of you uh, because we're, we're made up differently. Everyone's made up differently. So it's, it's about listening and about um, making the person keep talking and finding the strategy for himself, making uh, that particular person own the strategy themselves. Um, and the, the other thing that uh, Mary brings up, you know, you know, we talk about um, road safety a lot, but suicide, there's a lot more people that take their lives a year, uh, through the year um, mm. through suicide than car accidents. But then you add into the car accidents, how many of them oh, yeah, uh, yeah. have mental health issues as well. So uh, that, that might blow the numbers out a little bit more uh, in, in that regard as well. So, um, you know, we've, we've broken the stigma. Now it's, it's, it's a little step forward. Right, how are we going to get uh, help people get the strategies to make sure that, um, that they can get on top of it earlier or earlier than later? Just even, just even realising they've got an issue, I think, is a problem. Yeah, yeah. But I think the other issue we've got in rural areas is just that tyranny of distance, again, from yeah. accessing services. Mm. Because there aren't the services you can access easily. Even, even you know, Ballarat, 80,000 yeah. people, there's not good mental health services there either. So, like, if you're in Williams, which is what, population of 4,000? 700. 700. <laughs> You're, um, not, you're not going to get access to services all that easily, other than telehealth or, or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with, uh, Williams, Williams is about uh, an hour and a half from Perth, so it's 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 okay. It's probably where I've got I've got cousins that are four hours away, away from Perth. There are people that are seven hours away from Perth that um, you know need to access those uh, those services and, and don't get them. And uh, that that's that's one thing that we've really got to look at. And um, yeah, no, that, that, that's why it's important to make your community thriving. Uh, you know, make mm. make it a, a, a space where people actually enjoy being there. Uh, and it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And you know, living in the city now, um, you go back to social media. I, I I find that social media is affecting or is creating more loneliness in the cities as well, because people are on their devices. Uh, Mm. more often than not, rather than talking to people. I was at a bus station the other day. I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, I was out the set of lights. I'm looking at the bus station, and there were three people facing the wall with their phones rather than facing where the bus is coming from. Well, if, you, if you've gone to GP surgery nowadays, yeah? Yeah. There's no magazines. Yeah. Because everyone no. just looks on their phone. And if you, like I went on holiday to the UK, when was that, Matt? When was the last, last time in the UK? Not the one COVID time, but the previous, 2018, 2019. Mm. I didn't take my mobile with me. I just picked up a burner phone, like a little Nokia with black and white screen. And so I didn't have access to the internet anywhere I went. 
I could make phone calls and text messages, and that was it. And so you're sat in like a GP surgery or like the train station, whatever. And you sat there like, right, what do I do? <laughs> and then you'd, you'd look around at somebody and you'd, you'd say, hey, how's it going? And they just look at you like you're some sort of crazy Scotsman. But uh, but it's which just, is which is also true. Which is also true. That's wasn't fine. part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you sort of we're just stuck on these sort of phones, and I and I like I am an IT nerd. That's my background is computing, but I still feel that we're just too attached to them. And I, on weekends, I do tend to turn off social media. Sometimes it's also creating, creating, like it's creating this unrealistic expectation of what people's life is. And it goes back, there's a meme I've seen quite a few times where it's got these two people that look like they're holidaying in a beach somewhere and then the next shot shows them sitting in what looks like a garden centre on like the mound of the mound of packing sand, and, and so it's just the image is framed like they're sitting on the beach, but they're just working in their local garden centre. I think, I think just, if, yeah. if anyone looks at my social media, they're not going to have uh, expectations of uh, a good life. <laughs> of, of, I, well, it's it's mine's quite pretty raw. <laughs> it's it's quite funny. There's two things that I want to say with that. Um, I met someone. I was at a function the other day, and I was sitting next to this lady. And um, she's the head of a department. And she went away for a month. She only checked the emails once that month. The rest of her staff, I think there were six staff there, did the job for that month. She got back and she goes, what do I have to do now? You did it all. She's, so no, she's, she's, no, she's now been fired. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's, got reinvent her, she's got to reinvent her, uh, her, her role. But social media. Uh, so I, I go on holidays with my wife and we're taking photos and there's a photo there, right, got to send one out because, you know, you've got to keep up to date with the Joneses and get your profile out there type thing with what we're doing with, with cricket. Um, anyway, we've just had a bit of a debate and I've got a bit of a frown on my face. Then all of a sudden we've got this beautiful uh, scene behind uh, yeah, we're in Europe at this stage. It was a beautiful castle. I can't remember which castle it was. And then my wife's got the phone. All right, uh, there you go. Take photo. <laughs> what smile, you know? And all of a sudden, you've gone from a sort of an angry face to one of the happiest faces going around. <laughs> and then you you post it, <laughs> and you're still trying to rectify the, uh, the the debate that you've just had um, thirty seconds later. So it. After after that, I I think it was about a month later, and I was just going, it's just false pretense, you know. Mm. I, you're just throwing out there this happy go lucky life, whereas deep down, uh, you know, behind the scenes, some sometimes you, you you're having some of the darkest days you, of of your life, yes. and that goes back with putting a mask on. So I go out there, I like to have a lot of fun and uh, pretty jovial, pretty relaxed uh, type stuff, but we're not behind closed doors. Um, there's a lot of moments where I'm not like that. I, you know, there's, there's, there's a bit of worry and, um, you know, there's a bit of frustration there as well. But that comes back because of social media. You can't show that frustration out in public. Um, otherwise, you're, you're crucified. Yeah, I think it's like, I, I, look, I think, what was it? Robbie, not Robbie Williams, Robin Williams. Yes. That's what yeah, he said about yeah. him. He was the clown on the outside and sad on the inside. I think that probably made people realize that you can't tell, you know, like, I think that's one of the issues that like I see with some of these mental health things that like are you okay things is that we don't really know if somebody is suffering or not. Yep. And 
maybe that's our. I didn't really agree too much with Are You Okay when it first started around. And I don't really agree with the corporatization of it to an extent. But the question itself, the, the, the theory behind it of just checking up on your mates, it, it can't be sort of repeated enough, I don't think. It's yeah. exactly right. Exactly right. And that's, you've got to be doing it all the time. And uh, on, on a cricket perspective, um, you know, with what's happened over the last couple of years with the loss of a couple of players that we've had, uh, all of a sudden we're checking in on each other a lot more than what we were before. Because once you finish, you, you, you move on. And with everything that we just discussed there, you know, going back to that fighter that you brought up earlier, Andrew, uh, you know, where he's just got to keep fighting and that. Uh, the training track, anything to do with cricket, I was, I was just happy. I did, you yeah. know, I, I couldn't leave. But outside of that, uh, I, I found it quite hard yeah. in, in a sense. What else are you going to do? Like yeah, was, yeah, you're exactly almost right. waiting for the next training session. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're waiting for that. Uh, I, I call it a dopamine hit. But then I, I go back to the start of, of the career. We had to work, study, uh, as well as play. Um, you, you didn't have that contract where you had that downtime. Mm. Um, but once contracts came in, that's when I found. That's when I started to find it really difficult. In a sense that, right, I've got so much time to think about what I'm doing yeah. uh, on a, on a cricket's perspective that it's it's dangerous because mm. you're overthinking about your game and you, you're not having that break. Uh, as such, you're not you're not really getting away from it. That's a that's a really good point actually, because I do think that like I, my ex was a psychiatrist, and I know a fair bit about mental health. But one of the things that I believe is a problem with men, especially, and this is silly or country, is probably the lack of hobbies. I know this is, this is ultra simplifying things, but I think a lot of men concentrate on the work. But then they don't do too much around. And the happiest people I know are the people that have multiple hobbies, whether they're climbing or boxing. Or something. They've got something just to keep them going, so they're not overthinking stuff. Because like if you, what's it called? It's a kind of wanky statement, but flow state, where flow people, state, yeah. where people are in that flow of just you know finding something they enjoy, and you're not thinking about anything else, like. When I'm playing ice hockey, I get in a flow state. I couldn't give a monkey's about anything else other than hitting that person against the ball. But <laughs> it's probably not zen-like, but it's a flow state. And, but, uh, but but those those hobbies are also providing different opportunities for community For and communication and meeting yeah. people. And yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. whereas, whereas my old man, his only hobby is looking for bargains on Gumtree. And he, he enjoys it. That's fine. That's what he enjoys doing. But he doesn't have any hobbies. I, I don't yeah. think, and I, and I, but I know there's a lot of people like that who just don't have an outlet, and I think for men it's important to have some form of outlet, whether it's local country sport or tiddlywinks or chess or whatever it may be. It's just having something. Mm-hmm. That, and that, that's the thing with the uh, you, you going back to the country towns around Australia. They're getting smaller, and you know trying to get a footy team on the park is is quite difficult, uh, and. The difficult thing there is that you've got players of different standards, and then all of a sudden the, the, the standards widening for your A grade team because mm-hmm. you, you haven't got the numbers. Then all of a sudden this this player that's not as good as your top player is just there for a kick on the on a Sunday afternoon. But the top player is there to be uh, fairly competitive because yeah. <laughs> um, you know he's, he he wants to play like he's 
uh, playing in in top AFL. Let's let's talk football. Whereas you know, poor little Joe down the bottom just wants to fill up the numbers and have a kick. So yeah, he's, he's looking that, forward to a hot dog afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. That that's that's where that uh, keeping that footy team together is, is very difficult because you're trying to appease to so many different interests or different people that are doing it for different reasons. Um, and, you know, you, you've got to try and find a happy medium there. Or golf or anything. Yeah, golf, long balls. Long balls, eighth place. Yeah. I reckon we're probably coming to the end of it, Brad. Mm. I oh, do we, I have to we, finish it as well. <laughs> Well, we, we can keep going, but if I didn't want to, we, you know, you're uh, you're you're in West Australia. You've still got the rest of the, your day ahead of you, and uh, yeah. we don't want to keep you too long. Have you got anything? Any final things? Sort of words of wisdom? Oh, yeah, no. When I'm, um, you know, when when you're talking into the uh, in the mental health space, so you know, I can talk all day. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things. I you go back to. Uh, doing a few talks, you've got to prepare for a couple of hours after you've talked because people are going to come up and share their stories with you and that, that's no, the idea of it. I noticed that when I've uh, seen you present in the past, you would yeah. have people, you do your presentation and then there'll be people coming up to you. T- something to talk about cricket, but I could see there was conversations that were deeper, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it, it, it's good. And uh, T- Tiny Holly, who we uh, we worked together a bit over here in WA, uh, he's, he's very similar. Uh, if, if, if you're going to do this space or if, if you're going to do this space, you've, you've got to be doing it. Um, but, you know, I think one thing that I'm, I'm really learning, uh, I'll go back to the cricket stuff with uh, Phil Johnson, the psychologist that I brought up. Uh, we had different personalities, Mozzie, Thinker. I mean, Mozzie, Enforcer, Thinker, Feeler. Uh, mm. Mozzie's external, unstructured, and Enforcer's... Uh, structured but external the two bottom ones are internal but the thinkers structured the feelers unstructured oz and mozzie always buzzing but i had a bit of thinker in me i could think the day before the game but i couldn't think on the game so if i'm playing sport or if i'm doing anything doing a a presentation when i rock up whatever comes to my head basically it's a bit like this podcast you know very much like i say what comes to my head (laughs) if i if i'm in my thinker mode I'm in trouble. I'm overthinking it, um, and that, that's that's that, that's probably one thing that I'm, I'm really learning is what makes the person I'm talking to or the person I'm listening to tick. Hmm. How can I how how can I help them? How can I work out their personality and and what makes them tick? That's that's Just probably to re- relate to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's one of the things like I've noticed like from your presentations. Is the fact that you're relatable, and a lot of a lot of the guys listening to you, they know you, or they they've seen you on the cricket field, they've seen you getting home runs and holes and ones and whatnot, uh, and like and like from from Matt and I, um, we don't know <laughs> cricket. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but, but we don't know. I had to get in at some point. But we don't know cricket, but we can still understand what you were talking about, and we could still sort of appreciate the message because the message was right and i think the message yeah, was yeah. strong and i think yeah. possibly because it comes from that sort of personal place of yours which i thought was pretty pretty well done really well yeah, done yeah. so yeah no it's um no th- thanks very much for that 
Um, yeah, and, and you wear and you wear that cool jacket as well. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Um, I look at the. I'm, I find myself uh, very lucky, you know, in a sense where that. You know, I had that dream as a kid, and I was one of the fortunate ones that was able to get there, in the end. But it doesn't just happen from my perspective. There's a lot of support out there, mm. and um, that's what community is all about. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. and yeah, it's um, you go you go back to that role. It's not what you can take; it's what you can give. And if you're giving more, you're happier. That, mm. That's probably the other the, the other thing. If I, if I'm uh, if I'm struggling, there's two things: I'm not giving, or I'm over I'm overthinking something, and that overthinking, all of a sudden, turns into another day, another day. So mm. let's say I've got a cricket tournament coming up, and uh, I'm injured and I can't train. All of a sudden, I'm thinking about it every day. Yep. By the time I I get to that tournament, I'm stuffed. Mm. Or right. even batting, because um, I was low down in the order. If I was sitting there watching the game all day, and then it was my turn to bat, I'm finished because I, I've gone through my innings um, about 500 times before I've got out there. That's why you, that's why I never watched anyone bat, and I was out the back of the change rooms doing something else um, before it was my turn to bat, because it helped me switch off. Um, otherwise, I was no good. It's it's as simple as that. that, that that's about knowing yourself. What, what makes you tick? What makes you tick? There's other people that can really think about it and do well. They need to think about it. Um, it's the same so as that, it's the same as if you're doing a presentation. Yeah, there's two trains of yeah. thought. Like yeah. I think yeah. Matt and I present pretty similarly. But we we know the topic, and we can talk yeah. off the cuff about it. Whereas other people yeah. that need to have a script, and yeah. plan and prepare and plan and prepare. And that's perfectly adequate as well. That's perfectly fine. But for some people, like for me, that can't work because I, yeah. if I get a script, I overthink the script. Mm. And if I say a word yep. wrong, I'm like, oh, damn it. I said that word wrong. And now, same as this podcast, we've never had a script and we didn't really know yep. what we we're going to talk about with you other than mental health and rural areas. And it works yep. well. And it's been an enjoyable yep. conversation. Whereas we can't do it with a script. In all fairness, though, as well, if you say a word wrong, Andrew, Hardly anyone would know that anyway. I'm guessing. Well, well, Matt, I think I think when we're talking about mental health, maybe we should start talking about bullying, you know, and <laughs> and racial what? bullying. Oh, <laughs> is, psychosocial bullying, psycho, psychosocial bullying. You know, making fun of my accent is a form of bullying, Matthew. I'll talk. Um, we'll talk about this later. Take, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about this offline. <laughs> You can, tell, you can tell as the, as the podcast drags a bit, then then um, we, when we come to the end, we start to get a bit silly. Right? I, do, so I do have yeah. one, one final This is not one of you, another one of your jokes, is it? This is a, this is a test for you, Brad, because you should, you should yep. I, would, I would imagine you should know every cricket joke off my heart because <laughs> you must have heard them all. What do sheep love most about cricket? What do sheep love most about cricket? Crikey. <laughs> Kiwis. Going into bat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Dear. I thought that was good. Oh, I thought that was really good. <clears throat> Why don't... Worst, we'll do no, one more. We'll do one more. Why, don't, thing. Yeah, why don't... Why don't grasshoppers watch soccer? 
They got bad taste. They prefer cricket. <laughs> oh, that's te- that is a terrible one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's a terrible one. That's a, that's that is a shocker. That is a shocker. It's it's up there with the worst jokes we've had on this podcast. I reckon. Uh, the, the first one was good. The first one, bad. Yeah. Well, and, and it had a farming reference to it as well, so it was kind of trying to keep it yeah. trying to keep it yeah. uh, on topic. It's been good, actually. The timing of this one with mental health, because I was thinking when you were going through the list of the different charities you've worked with and 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 kind of engaged with in the mental health space, but November is obviously Movember as well, which is another quite a popular, uh, you know, one centred around men's health and also mental health. Um, so it's it's timely that we're releasing this in the middle of Movember for those that are out there sporting or trying to grow a moustache, like Andrew's doing now yeah, presently. It's been uh, three weeks of uh, two weeks of growth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Right, I, 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 I can't grow a moustache. You can always try you in November. Yeah, you, you can, can always try. try. You know. Yeah, it's no, it's it's prickly. It's 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 shocking. Shocking. <laughs> I, I can't grow one. I can't grow one. I definitely can't grow one. But um, no, but there's uh, there's one thing the the, the banner that you two have. That that's that's basically you know what it is. You know you're, you're going out there, you're having a chat, you're having a laugh. Uh, you get yourself just, in that comfortable position where all of a sudden someone can actually open up. Yep, yeah, it's just really good acting. We can't stand each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly right. Years at years at years at drama school have uh, have allowed us to do this. <laughs> I was I was playing one game against Queensland. Uh, I, I always love playing against the Queenslanders. And uh, Andrew Simons would meet me halfway out there when I was uh, about to bat. Suck me in, George. Breathe, breathe. You know, you're in lead foot. You got the legs on. I won't go through the whole story, but, uh, you know, everyone would have a crack at me from the 11. But there was Shane Watson one day at deep square leg, and uh, my parents weren't too far away. And he started yelling out from there in his squeaky voice, not going to be in your half, are you? And I remember uh, getting off the field, uh, and the umpires that day uh, um, thought that, you know, we weren't getting on. But the problem was that all the Queenslanders would come my place for a barbecue afterwards. Uh, but it was just the way we are. We're just like brothers in the backyard. And, mm. uh, you know, and, and that's what it's got to be. Uh, you know, you're just brothers in the backyard. And um, you go back to the start, what, what we're talking about, you know, Um Mate, when you when you give things and receive things, make sure you get the right context before you make that big opinion. Because uh, as long as the int- intent's right, I don't think um, anyone's trying to hurt you. It's as simple as that. You, you, you know, if you, if you can under, understand the intent of the message, um, you receive it well enough, and then then you're able to cope with it. So, yeah, that's probably, probably that's Good probably stuff. one thing that I've learned throughout my my whole career. Yeah, but make sure you're having fun with your mate next door. Uh, even though, even you know when when you go through those those t- tough convers- conversations, try and finish off with a light moment at the back end of it, so that you you, you know you, you're on that positive positive mode moving forward to take on that next challenge of the next day. Because tomorrow we want to make sure it's a better day than the day. Good spot, good spot to finish on, Brad. You, you've been fabulous to chat with. Um, like. Yeah, the things you achieved on the on the pitch were tremendous, but um, some of the stuff you're doing now, I think, is exceptional. So, commend you for for what you're doing and the time and effort you put into to try and help 
you know, communities and people with their mental health. So thanks for coming on and, and having a chat to us at some stage. We might bump into you again at one of these sure events at some stage, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll be and, able to catch and, up. And, and as Brad said, always leave things on a light note. <laughs> so why are cricketers good at ironing clothes? Why is that? Because they know how to spot a crease. I actually don't even, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's funny. I just stole that from a website. So. Talk it, uh, have a look at Angelo Matthews. He didn't know how to spot his crease on time last night. So uh, he, he was the first first international player to get timed out because he didn't know how to iron his crease. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You've, you've completely no, lost guys, You've lost both of us, Brad. <laughs> speaking <laughs> you've of, gone too far into cricket there. Speaking of But creases, before we go... Huh? Oh, before we go, I, um, both of you, thanks very much for what you're doing. Um, you know, uh, people going out there, putting their own time in to do the podcast and get the message out of there. Uh, it, it's just fantastic. And you know, honest, that message goes to someone else and they pass it on. So well done to what you're doing. It's not yeah, even us. It's just the guests we have. Yeah, no, it is a lot of the lot of the good ones we have like this one. It's just, uh, just us talking nonsense for an hour, and then <laughs> then the other person trying to be sensible with someone with someone <laughs> that knows someone that knows what they're talking about and is interesting. Um, but no, it's been fabulous. We, we were talking about ironing and clothes, so I'll, I'll finish it with just saying thanks for coming on, and I'll see you when you got nothing on, Brad. Ciao. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> hang on. <laughs>